Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Once I get it in my imagination, once it becomes hope, I can guarantee you faith is going to bring physical manifestation to that hope. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach a series that I just started this last Monday talking about the power of imagination. I have a brand new book on this, and I tell you, this is a powerful, powerful teaching. Uh, this is the first time that we've ever offered this, and during the first two days of this week, I've just been trying to establish how important our imagination is. I've used Psalms 103, verse 14, where it says, The Lord knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. And that word frame there is the Hebrew word Y-E-T-S-E-R. It's important to understand that that same word that was translated frame there, where you talk about like your skeleton, the thing that holds us up. You know, if you frame a building, that is talking about all of the support, the walls and and the beams and all of these kind of things. Our frame, that same word that was translated frame there was also translated imaginations. In uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, uh, in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 18, and other places. It's talking about your imagination. And I've just been describing how important your imagination is to God moving in your life. Your imagination, let me define imagination for you. Here's what the American Heritage Dictionary defines imagination as. It says, the process or power of forming a mental image of something not real or present. Now that is really important. And I've given a lot of examples. If you've missed any of this, you can go to our website, awmi.net. You can watch the previous programs. I've given all kinds of illustrations about how you can picture the house that you grew up in. You could count the number of doors, the number of windows, although you have never just written it down and memorized how many doors you have in your house, how many windows you have. And yet, if I was talking to you, you could tell me because you can see it. You can picture where you park your car in a large parking lot. You can picture how to give directions to somebody. And you can say you go out here and you turn left and go down three lights and turn right. And yet you can't see those things. How do you know that there's three lights? Because you can picture it. You think in pictures. I use that verse out of 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, where David was telling his son Solomon that the Lord knows the the imaginations of your thoughts. You think in pictures. You know, if I was to say right now, think of an apple. You don't see the word apple, A-P-P-L-E. What you see is an apple. And some of you might see a red apple. You, some of you might see a green apple. Not just one that's not ripe, but you know, you could have a ripe green apple. That's a type of apple. And I could use words. You might see different things, but if I say, now everybody think of a red apple, and I could use words and say, now everybody think of a red apple that is overripe, that it's beginning to shrivel up because it's so ripe. Now, see a worm coming out of it. And you know what? Words paint pictures, and you, words can help you see things. You think in pictures. 
AGAIN, IF I SAY DOG, YOU DON'T SEE THE LETTERS D-O-G. WHAT YOU SEE IS A DOG. AND MOST OF YOU WILL SEE A DOG THAT YOU'VE HAD SOME KIND OF A INTERACTION WITH. IT COULD BE YOUR DOG, A NEIGHBOR'S DOG, OR A DOG THAT BIT YOU OR SOMETHING. AND IF, you, if I SAY DOG, YOU PICTURE A DOG. SOME OF YOU MIGHT BE PICTURING A LITTLE DOG, A LITTLE WHITE FLUFFY DOG THAT'S BEEN, YOU KNOW, uh, uh, TAKEN TO THE SHOP AND IT'S GOT A BOW IN ITS HAIR AND ITS TOENAILS OR IT'S LITTLE um, CLAWS PAINTED AND STUFF. BUT I COULD CHANGE YOUR IMAGE BY SAYING EVERYBODY THINK OF A BIG DOG, A BIG BLACK DOG, A BIG BLACK MEAN DOG. AND I COULD USE WORDS AND YOUR PICTURE BEGINS TO CHANGE AS I USE WORDS TO DESCRIBE THINGS. WHETHER YOU KNOW IT OR NOT, YOU THINK IN PICTURES. THIS IS HOW YOU THINK. AGAIN, LET ME GO BACK TO THIS ONE VERSE AND JUST READ IT OUT OF FIRST uh, CHRONICLES, CHAPTER 28, VERSE 9. DAVID SAID, AND THOU, SOLOMON, MY SON, KNOW THOU THE GOD OF THY FATHER, AND SERVE HIM WITH A PERFECT HEART AND WITH A WILLING MIND. FOR THE LORD SEARCHETH ALL HEARTS AND UNDERSTANDETH ALL THE IMAGINATIONS OF THE THOUGHTS. YOU THINK IN IMAGINATIONS. YOU THINK IN PICTURES, WHETHER YOU UNDERSTAND IT OR NOT. YOU KNOW, IF YOU WERE TO ASSEMBLE SOMETHING, IF YOU BUY SOMETHING FROM THE STORE AND YOU HAVE TO ASSEMBLE IT AND PUT IT TOGETHER, THEY WILL HAVE A WRITTEN TEXT AND TELL YOU HOW TO ASSEMBLE IT, BUT THEY WILL ALWAYS PUT ILLUSTRATIONS IN THERE BECAUSE A PICTURE IS WORTH A THOUSAND WORDS. AND SO YOU COULD BE READING IT AND SAYING, MAN, IT CONNECTS A WITH B. Uh, I DON'T QUITE UNDERSTAND THAT, BUT THEN YOU LOOK AT THE PICTURE AND YOU SEE A AND B LISTED OVER THERE AND HOW IT FITS TOGETHER, AND IT HELPS YOU TO GET IT. YOU THINK IN PICTURES. THE POINT THAT I'M TRYING TO MAKE IS A LOT OF PEOPLE THINK THAT WHEN YOU TALK ABOUT IMAGINATION, YOU'RE TALKING ABOUT SOMETHING THAT'S NOT REAL. YOU'RE TALKING ABOUT CHILDISH FANTASY. LET ME GIVE YOU A DEFINITION OF FANTASY. I'VE GOT THAT HERE. HERE'S WHAT THE DICTIONARY DEFINES FANTASY AS. IT SAYS THE CREATIVE IMAGINATION. IN OTHER WORDS, IT'S ONE USE OF AN IMAGINATION. AND THEN THE SECOND DEFINITION, A PRODUCT OF THE IMAGINATION, AN ILLUSION, THE THIRD DEFINITION IS A DELUSION. <laughs> AND THIS IS WHAT A LOT OF PEOPLE uh, SEE. IN THE SIXTH DEFINITION, IT SAYS IT'S A FANTASY, SUCH AS, YOU KNOW, uh, SNOW WHITE AND THE SEVEN DWARFS OR WHATEVER IT IS. THOSE ARE FANTASIES. AND A LOT OF PEOPLE RELEGATE WHEN YOU START TALKING ABOUT IMAGINATION TO SOMETHING THAT'S FANTASY AND IT'S NOT BENEFICIAL. YOU NEED TO GROW UP YOU NEED TO GET BEYOND FANTASY. YOU NEED TO DEAL IN REALITY. WELL, I DO AGREE THAT you, WE NEED TO GROW UP AND NOT FANTASIZE. BUT IMAGINATION IS MUCH MORE THAN A FANTASY. I'M SAYING DON'T USE YOUR MIND TO JUST FANTASIZE. LIKE, SAY, FOR INSTANCE, IF YOU ARE A... IF YOU'RE A, YOU KNOW, A 120 POUNDS DRIPPING WET, YOU'RE FIVE FOOT TALL, YOU ARE PROBABLY NOT GOING TO BE A STAR BASKETBALL PLAYER. AND IF YOU start, START TRYING TO IMAGINE THAT, WELL, THEN THAT'S FANTASY. IF YOU WANT TO BE A GREAT FOOTBALL PLAYER AND YOU'RE, YOU KNOW, uh, 80 POUNDS AND YOU JUST AREN'T... YOU JUST HADN'T GOT ANY BULK TO YOU, YOU AREN'T GOING TO MAKE IT in, IN THE NATIONAL FOOTBALL LEAGUE. AND SO SOME THINGS, YES, THEY'RE FANTASIES AND WE'RE WASTING OUR TIME FOR YOU TO BELIEVE THAT YOU'RE GOING TO BE SEVEN FOOT TALL WHEN, YOU KNOW, GOD'S ONLY PUT IN YOU THE GENETICS FOR FIVE FOOT ELEVEN. IT'S JUST A FANTASY. YOU DON'T NEED TO DO THAT. BUT IF YOU HAVE A PROMISE FROM GOD, SUCH AS 
by his stripes you were healed, such as whatever you set your hand unto will prosper, that God will bless you and cause all of these blessings to come on you and overtake you. That's not fantasy. It may not be a reality in your life yet, but they are promises of God, and you need to use your imagination to conceive those miracles. And man, I ministered on this yesterday. I'm not going to go back through that, but that's powerful. The Word of God is an incorruptible seed, and your imagination is your spiritual womb. Again, that uh, Hebrew word, Y-E-T-S-E-R, it, it means conception. It is where you conceive your miracle. Your miracles start in your imagination. That is really, really powerful. And again, my personal testimony is that I knew God's will for my ministry, for my life, but I wouldn't allow my imagination to go there because for one thing, for, for decades, it just wasn't time. I wasn't ready. And so God just told me to be faithful where I was. So for decades, I pastored three little churches. I ministered on radio and I did some things, but it just wasn't time. And then on uh, July the 26th, 1999, I had a dream. The Lord woke me up and spoke to me and says, the time has come. And I got up at three o'clock in the morning and started studying about the time for what has come. And the Lord spoke to me and said, your ministry is just going to start when you start on television, January the 3rd, 2000. And he said, if you would have died before you started on television, you would have missed my perfect will. And at that time, did you know that that was 32 years in the ministry? And he was basically telling me everything I'd done up until that time was preparation time. So during those 32 years, I knew that God wanted me to have a worldwide ministry to touch people all over the world. I knew that that was God's will for me. But one of the reasons I didn't dream about it is because I, it just wasn't time. And so God had me focused on what I was doing, and He was preparing me. I didn't have a Karis Bible College to go to. I went through the School of Hard Knocks, and it took me 32 years to graduate. You know, that's one of the reasons that we really promote our Bible colleges, because you can, you can make it going through the School of Hard Knocks. You can learn on your own. I did, but there's a better way, and I believe it's Karis Bible College. Amen. You can learn at my expense and at the expense of all of our other instructors. We have over a thousand years worth of ministry experience in our instructors. And I mean, many of them have been 40, 50 years in ministry and because of it, man, you can learn by our mistakes. You don't have to go out there and make the same mistakes that we did. So anyway, I, one of the reasons I wasn't dreaming about what I knew God's will for me was is because it just wasn't time. God wasn't prompting me. He wasn't leading me to do it because I needed to be focused on where I was and finishing where I was at that moment. But there came a time that God told me I was limiting him by my small thinking, and that's when I began to start dreaming big, and it changed everything. The imagination is powerful. Let me share this verse with you out of Genesis chapter 6, and this is just shortly after the fall of Adam and Eve, and it says in Genesis chapter 6 and um, in verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination 
of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Again, this is another scripture that is linking your thoughts to imagination, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Then look over here in Genesis chapter 11. This is right after the flood, and not long after that, men began to start coming together, and they were building the Tower of Babel. And in Genesis chapter 11, it says in verse 6, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Here again is a scripture linking what you can do to your imagination. Your imagination is where you conceive things. It's your spiritual womb. If you can't see it on the inside, you will never see it on the outside. People are praying for physical healing, and they're desperate, and they're pleading, but they don't see themselves healed. They haven't conceived it. They're just waiting on it to come from the outside, when the truth is that healing comes from the inside. You have to see yourself healed. You have to see yourself prosperous. You know, we had one woman come through our school in the very beginning. This has been 25 years ago, and I don't remember exactly how old she was, but she was older than me. She was probably 60 possibly 70 years old, I don't know, at that time, 25 years ago. And anyway, she had lived through the Great Depression, and it made such an impression on her that she saw herself poor. She saw that they nearly starved to death. And this woman would take her um, jelly jars, and she would scrape every single thing that she could out of that jar. Then she would put water in it and swish it around and get every little bit out and use it, I mean, down to the last little bit of jelly. She would take her soap bars, and when they got to where they were small, instead of throwing it away, she would save the packaging, and she would put all of these little soap bars in there, and then she would melt them and make a new soap bar and just make sure that she got everything out of it. She would drive across town and spend $5 in gas to go to a place where they were given triple coupons so that she could save a dollar on something. She'd spend $5 to save a dollar. She had a poverty mentality, and it's understandable why she did, because her family, it was, it was bad what they went through, and there was just this fear, and so she did everything as cheap as she possibly could. I tell you, sometimes buying the cheapest product is not the most economical, because that thing doesn't perform as well. It breaks. You have to go replace it, when if you'd have just bought something that was quality, it would last longer and do a much better job. It would it'd make you more productive, and there's just benefit to sometimes buying something that's worth a little bit more because it'll last and work better. But this woman, she heard me preach on prosperity. She understood it. She could quote the scriptures, but it wasn't working for her, and she couldn't understand why. And as I got to know her, I told her, I said, it's because you see yourself poor. You have fear about being poor. You have never conceived prosperity. You could quote the scriptures, but the image that's on the inside of you is poor. You talk poor. You talk about those rich people. Did you know that the moment you talk about those rich people, these people that have all, you know what you've done? You have just distanced yourself from ever being like that. 
I know that the man who is our media buyer, he just went to be with the Lord not long ago. But the man who is my media buyer, Doug Neese, he came to uh, Colorado Springs one time and he took me out to the Broadmoor and we played golf at the Broadmoor. It's the nicest golf course I've ever played on. It was a fancy, fancy place. And anyway, that you had to have a caddy uh, to play there. And at the end of the thing, they were cleaning my uh, golf clubs, which is one of the things that caddies do. And I knew he was wanting a tip. So I pulled out my wallet and all I had was a $20 bill. I was going to give him $5. So I leaned over to Doug and I said, Doug, do you have change for a 20? And he just looked at me and he says, I'll take care of it. And he went around and gave my caddy, his caddy, every caddy in the foursome $20 tip. And it made me feel about that big. But you know what? I was just thinking poor. Now, Doug was a very prosperous man. I don't know how prosperous he was, but I, I know that he owned a horse that I think was a million dollars or something. So anyway, he was a prosperous man and he thought differently. He saw a different image and I was thinking poor. And that's one of the reasons that he was much more prosperous than me. You know, not long after that, I went to um, Phoenix, Arizona and I was playing golf in Phoenix, Arizona and it was on a very nice golf course there. And uh, I had some pastors with me and when we got through, the caddy was cleaning the clubs and uh, one of the guys came to me and he said, Andrew, do you have change for a 20? And you know what? By that time, I had taken inspiration from what Doug did. I had changed the way that I thought. I began to start thinking differently and I told him, I said, I'll take care of it. And I went around and gave every one of the caddies a $20 bill. You know what? That's a small thing in a way, but it's a big thing. It reflects how you see yourself. You know, God has prospered me. I'm not... I'm not uh, like some people might think. Well, I had one of my employees just come and say that they saw on the Internet that I was worth $12 million. And I said, man, I don't know where they got that from. I couldn't come up with, personally, $12 million if I had to. But anyway, people say that. I'm not, I'm not super wealthy or prosperous. I drive a car that was given to me. I live in a house that costs $60,000 to build. And things I just love it. But anyway, my point is, I am not poor, but I'm not super wealthy. But did you know what? I have started seeing myself prospering, not necessarily so much on a personal level, but in the ministry, I have believed God. And our income now is like 40 times greater than it was in 2002 when the Lord told me I was limiting him by my small thinking, by my small imagination. I begin to think, and man, we have built, we now have over $120 million worth of assets for our Bible college and ministry here in Woodland Park, and I only owe $23 million against it. We have, I don't know, that's probably uh, four-fifths or something like that. Or uh, Anyway, we've got a huge debt-to-equity ratio, and I'm getting that garage paid off quickly and we're going to take care of that. But my point is, all of this happened because I began to see myself differently. I began to start thinking prosperously. There are people praying for prosperity, but you see yourself poor. You talk poor. You think poor. You spend more money driving across town to save a dollar in coupons than you do. Then it'd be to your advantage to go ahead and pay the full price. Did you know my time 
IS WORTH A LOT. I FORGET RIGHT NOW EXACTLY WHAT IT IS, BUT AT ONE TIME I KNOW, AND IT'S PROBABLY MORE THAN THIS NOW, BUT AT ONE TIME I HAD TO HAVE $7,000 AN HOUR, 24 HOURS A DAY, SEVEN DAYS A WEEK IN ORDER TO JUST PAY MY BILLS HERE IN THE MINISTRY. $7,000 AN HOUR. AND BECAUSE OF THAT, NOW IF I, IF I WANT TO GO DO SOMETHING, RATHER THAN DRIVE AN EXTRA 10 MINUTES SO I COULD SAVE A FEW BUCKS, I LOOK AT IT AS, YOU KNOW, THAT'S 10 MINUTES, 7,000 DIVIDED BY ONE-SIXTH OF THAT. I DON'T EVEN KNOW WHAT THAT IS, BUT IT WOULD COST ME HUNDREDS OF DOLLARS TO GO SAVE 10 BUCKS OVER HERE. MY TIME'S WORTH A LOT. I THINK ABOUT THINGS DIFFERENTLY. I'VE BEGUN TO START SEEING. It, IT DEPENDS ON HOW YOU SEE THINGS. IF YOU SEE YOURSELF POOR, IT BECOMES A SELF-FULFILLING PROPHECY. IF YOU SEE YOURSELF SICK, IT BECOMES A SELF-FULFILLING PROPHECY. IF YOU SEE YOURSELF INFERIOR, THERE ARE PEOPLE THAT I KNOW THAT HAVE GREAT TALENTS AND ABILITIES AND THEY SHOULD BE ABLE TO PROSPER. BUT EVERY TIME THEY BEGIN TO PROSPER, SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER THEY FIND A WAY TO JUST SHORT-CIRCUIT THE THING AND DEFEAT IT. AND IT'S BECAUSE OF THE WAY THEY THINK. THEY SHOULD BE PROSPERING, BUT THEY AREN'T BECAUSE THEIR IMAGINATION IS OPERATING LIKE A LIMITER, LIKE A GOVERNOR. YOU KNOW, uh, THEY PUT GOVERNORS ON CARS, ON BUSES, ON TRUCKS AND THINGS LIKE THIS, AND WHEN uh, THE SPEED HITS A CERTAIN THING, THIS GOVERNOR KICKS IN AND IT WON'T LET YOU GO ABOVE THAT SPEED. AND PEOPLE DO THIS TO RESTRAIN THEIR TRUCK DRIVERS SO THAT THEY CAN'T SPEED AND STUFF. SO THERE'S A GOVERNOR, A LIMITER, THAT ALLOWS YOU TO ONLY GO SO FAST. DID YOU KNOW YOUR IMAGINATION CAN BE A LIMITER? YOU CAN LIMIT WHAT GOD CAN DO BECAUSE IF YOU CAN'T SEE GOD USING YOU, IF YOU CAN'T SEE YOURSELF LAYING HANDS ON THE SICK AND SEEING THEM RECOVER, IF YOU HAVE NEVER SEEN YOURSELF DOING THAT, YOU WILL NEVER SEE YOURSELF DOING IT. IT WILL NOT COME TO PASS. IF YOU CAN'T SEE YOURSELF EVER HAVING ENOUGH MONEY, IF YOU THINK IN LACK AND YOU JUST LIVE IN LACK, YOU WILL ALWAYS BE IN LACK. UNLESS YOU CAN SEE YOURSELF HAVING EXTRA, UNLESS YOU CAN SEE YOURSELF BEING PROSPEROUS, IT WILL NEVER COME TO PASS. AS A MAN THINKETH IN HIS HEART, SO IS HE. PROVERBS 23, 7 ends. AND THESE VERSES THAT I'VE USED SHOW THAT YOUR IMAGINATION IS A PART OF THAT THINKING PROCESS. IT'S WHERE YOU CONCEIVE THINGS. IT'S YOUR SPIRITUAL WOMB. SO WHAT I'M TRYING TO DO IS JUST TO SHOW YOU HOW IMPORTANT YOUR IMAGINATION IS. IT'S NOT TALKING ABOUT FANTASY. THAT IS ONE USE OF AN IMAGINATION AND WE NEED TO GROW OUT OF FANTASY. BUT MAN, WE NEED TO USE OUR IMAGINATION TO CONCEIVE THE MIRACLE THAT YOU ARE DESIRING FROM GOD. WE HOPE YOU WERE BLESSED BY TODAY'S EPISODE OF THE GOSPEL TRUTH. ANDREW AND JAMIE WISH TO SHARE THEIR SINCERE GRATITUDE FOR ALL THE GRACE PARTNERS OF ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES. YOUR GENEROUS PARTNERSHIP enables us to take the gospel, the nearly too good to be true news to the ends of the earth. May God richly bless you for your faithfulness. If you're not already partnering with Andrew Womack Ministries, we encourage you to join us in this great harvest today. Learn how to put your imagination to work for you when you get Andrew's brand new book titled, The Power of Imagination. This book is available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This new series on the power of imagination is also available as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar 
or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. I'd really like to encourage you to get these products. This is my brand new book on the power of imagination. And I tell you, I've mentioned this in a number of different teachings, but this is the first time I've just taught specifically on imagination. This is a deal changer. It's a game changer. And it would really bless you. We also have DVDs. This was taken from a live session. And then I have DVDs that were taken from our television program. And then we have CDs that were taken from one of my meetings. So we've got a number of different ways of you taking advantage of this, but I promise you this teaching is something that not very many, I've never heard anybody else teach on this. And I believe it would really change your life. It has totally revolutionized my, my life. So please listen to our announcer and call and receive these materials. These valuable resources are also available in the Power of Imagination package. This package includes Andrew's brand new book, as well as your choice of the CD or the As Seen on TV DVD album. The Power of Imagination package has a catalog value of $50, but you can get it today for a gift of only $35. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. For those of you who would like to be partners with us, we've got a lot of things going on. And the thing that right now that the Lord has really laid on my heart is to get our parking garage paid off as quickly as possible. We actually have a $23 million loan on that 1,022 space parking garage. It's five stories tall. And I tell you, it is such a blessing. We are using it. It's a godsend, but we need to get it paid off. And the Lord laid on my heart to just ask for 23,000 people to give $1,000. And I know that that's a lot of money for some people, for other people, it's not a problem. But you know, if you gave $100 a month for 10 months, it would only take 10 months for us to come up with that. And if we get this paid off within just the next few months, I'll save nearly $7 million in interest. And if the Lord has led you to join with us, we have what we call a 1K club and you can contact us. We have the number on your screen. Let somebody know about it because we need to designate this money towards that. But we believe that we're getting our parking garage paid off quickly and thank you for being a part of this. Join with Andrew and become part of the 1K Club today by going to awmi.net or calling our helpline at 719-635-1111. Remember, you can order materials, become a grace partner, or join the 1K Club by going to awmi.net or you can call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today.
I'd like to invite you to come to our Women's Arise Conference. It's November the 7th through the 9th. I'm not going to be there, but some of my best friends, Carly Teredes, Pastor Sue Sheriff, Pastor Sheris Johnson, and Dorothy Brown. That's James Brown's wife. I tell you, she's become a great friend. These are some powerful women. You'll be blessed. It's going to be a great conference, November 7th through the 9th, Women Arise in Woodland Park, Colorado at our Caris facilities.